So it is life-changing. This is the Financial Side of Life podcast, episode 30. Welcome to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Our mission, to empower you with smart financial strategies and show that it's possible to get a college education, save, invest, retire, or do whatever makes sense to help you live your best life. We'll meet amazing people and professionals who will share stories about how they do it, and together we hope to bring a little sanity to your complex financial life. And now, here's your host, Certified Financial Planner Pro and founder of Avea Financial Planning, Angie Forbotten-LaRossi. Hey everybody, it's Angie Forbotten-LaRossi here and I want to welcome you to the Financial Side of Life podcast. Today my guest is Sokum Sek and she's the president of Nexus Point here in the Tri-Cities. Um, we recently connected at a social and had a great conversation and I learned a lot about her, but I, there was just things that came up and I wanted to learn more and I thought she would make a great guest for my podcast. So I was really excited that she agreed to come on. And so I want to welcome, Sokum to the program. Thank you for coming. Welcome. Thank you, Angie, for inviting me. I'm really excited to be able to share my story and see where it goes and what, yes. what others can learn from me and, and et cetera. So exactly. I'm, I'm really excited for this. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on. All right. And so what I usually like to do for just, you know, starters is to ask you a little bit about yourself. You know, what can you tell us about yourself, your background, um, things to do with your, you know, your childhood, your education, all those kinds of things. Well, sure. Um, so I've been living here in the Tri-Cities for 10 years, exactly. Um, in January of 2010, is, was, that was when I moved out here to the Tri-Cities and I've been here since and I love it. Um, but I, I grew up in Long Beach, California okay. um, my entire childhood up until when I graduated high school and then I moved to Portland, Oregon and I lived there for just a little over a decade before moving out here. And so I, I find myself gravitating away from the big cities into the, the smaller rural life and but now we're seeing that the Tri-Cities is growing, so I might just move again. <laughs> we'll see. But um, my background uh, a little bit is um, I, I came here to America when I was two from, um, from Cambodia, and that's because I'm Cambodian. I have a Cambodian background. Both my parents are Cambodian, and they're actually Cambodian refugees um, during the time of the Cambodian genocide that took place in Cambodia. I was born in a, refuge, a, a refugee camp in Thailand, and my family eventually, it was my mom, dad, my little sister, and myself uh, was eventually sponsored, and we were able to come here to America. And I first moved, we were living in Philadelphia, and my little brother was born there. We were there for a little bit before we, we moved to Long Beach, California, and, and yeah, I guess the rest is history there. About what era or, you know, what time frame was that? So I was, um, we came here in 1982. 82, okay. 1982. And so uh, I, I practically, you know, learned English here. I was still a, a toddler, um, still re really young, and was able to complete high school and be the first to graduate. Um, so just a, a first-generation kid growing up in America. Um, kind of a, a, a typical story of a lot of immigrants that you hear. Um, but yeah, I, I was, uh, the family came out here to America in 1982. 
um, during this whole time of uh, when the war was happening, or the war was just finishing and troops were being removed from Vietnam and then the Cambo Cambodian genocide happened and then um, we were lucky enough to, to be able to, to get sponsored, so. Yeah, that's a very life-changing event, I imagine. I, do you have family back in Cambodia? So it is life-changing. Um, my mom is the oldest of 12, and she left everybody behind in order to survive. Yeah. And my dad was the youngest of four, and his entire family, they're gone. And my mom, she, she has some siblings who, who survived the war, and, but she was the only one out of her entire family that was able to come to America. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about visiting family back in Cambodia for quite a few years now, and it's just never happened. I think mostly that's because my parents just were not ready to go back. Um, to just the trauma that they've dealt with. And of course, um, the money, the immense amount of money that would be required to just go visit because you just can't show up with nothing. Unfortunately, you have relatives that are dirt poor where you should have some money to support them. And um, my, you know, we grew up pretty poor, so it's just never happened. Yeah, that's, that's a, uh, almost a, you know, an event that someone like me can't even imagine, you know, because I literally, I'm, I talk about this, I'm in the house I was raised in, right? So I'm, a, I'm from Pasco, uh, but your story is just really uh, almost unrelatable in some ways. It's almost like uh, reading a magazine article or, or listening to a news show, you know, it's, it's what you hear, hear on the news and it's not, it's not supposed to be, you know, what somebody actually has lived through and gone through in their own personal lives. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're able to talk about it a little bit today because I think it, it's got to set the, the tone for things in your life, whether you acknowledge them or not. You know, just how you've been raised, your parents' experiences, how that has affected you over your upbringing and so on. And um, I'm just curious because now, now you're at this company and you've got your own company. I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that as well. And, you know, what, what has that upbringing or the, the impact of these stories in your life, how does that come out in how you kind of manage your life today, manage your company today? Sure. Well, I can't say that, you know, growing up there weren't challenges and um, some hard challenges and some great lessons that I've had to learn uh, just just throughout life and I would say where I am now as far as being president of my own company you know it just kind of grew organically as I was given opportunities in life and and that's essentially my story is just that there are people that offered me opportunities and I took them and and that's where I am ending up now and Nexus Point um, specifically I, you know, is, I guess it encompasses and it embodies who I am as a person because Nexus Point is a company that's built on this principle of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you follow my story with the Freedom Riders, um, which is a, a foundation or an organization that started when I was just in high school, and it's still going strong to this day. 
is what shaped me and how I came to this conclusion of how I wanted to also affect societal change and be able to bring change about with what I know from my background and what I've been a part of that has been such a huge part of my life and has made an impact and has just rolled into this now, this business that uh, I've just started up with just Nexus Point. So tell me a little bit more about the Freedom Riders because that, that seems to have uh, also impacted your business, you know, management as well. So what, yeah, is, so the what is the Freedom Riders? Uh, the Freedom Riders, so I grew up in Long Beach, California in the 90s during a time where there was a lot of gang violence and, and senseless violence that you see on the street. Also during a time when the, the LA riots happened. And I think the LA riots happened in 1992. And I was, Long Beach is so close to LA where we saw what the aftermath of what the riots did in LA and it, it moved into Long Beach. You know, I had an aunt who owned a, um, a clothing store and we packed up all her clothes and, and stored them in our house because, you know, they, it was going to be targeted. And, and it essentially was. And so we grew up during a time where there's a lot of violence and um, a lot of uh, people feeling angst and during, during that time. Um, when I was in, you know, I've, I've also had a lot of violence inflicted on me growing up because we grew up in a, you know, um, a very impoverished area. I was living in areas where gang violence was all over. I've witnessed them. I've even personally been attacked, you know, by a group of uh, people when I was just seven years old walking home. So, so it's very normal for me to see violence and it's a very normal everyday part of my life. Uh, when I went to school, I was actually, I went to high school and um, my parents removed me from that high school because I ran away from home. I, you know, I wasn't doing well. And I, I moved to Woodrow Wilson High School during my sophomore year in high school. And that's kind of when I met Erin Gruel, my teacher, um, who, it, who essentially got, um, I guess there were a group of students like myself who were just kind of written off the system. You know, we were, were a bunch of hardcore students who didn't care about education, who, who, who knew nothing better other than just to try to fit in, to try to survive. And she essentially gained this group of students um, who didn't accept education where she she came in as a teacher, as a novice, really idealistic and wanted something more. And essentially she taught us tolerance because none of us in the class knew about the Holocaust. None of us knew anything about the plight of um, what the Jews went through. And, and from that and from learning about tolerance and history repeating itself, she was able to use the lessons there to implement them in our own lives and to get us to share our own stories and that's how the freedom writers just kind of snowballed and grew and we as we started writing journaling our stories of the injustice in our own neighborhoods in our own lives and and then eventually those stories became founded in the book it was published by random house and then you know the rest just kind of became history and we've been just doing um a lot of outreach and speaking engagements and and connecting with communities and other students about the same lessons that we shared 
growing up so that we can help them overcome their own obstacles and their own adversities in their lives. Um, I guess essentially what, what the Freedom Riders did for me and, and Nexus Point was that, you know, this power of inclusion I talk about, and that's what helped me survive during those tough times during my childhood and in high school, it was that I felt for once connected to a group of people that I used to, um, you know, being a, being a part of a, a gang group. And I wasn't in a gang, but I hung out with them. And, you know, it, it's all about race, racial inequality and, and, and trying to survive that. And so for once, this power of connecting with all my other students and my peers just connected me to, you know, Mexicans and blacks and whites. And we, we shared a commonality and I learned that really young. And this power of inclusion is what I'm taking into my business now. And I'm, I'm trying to promote, promote diversity and equity inclusion with my business because that's, that's what I learned that um, has propelled me to make this world better because that's how I, I see. And I, I learned that pretty early on that we can't approach peace without having equality you know, and, and, and um, inclusion in our, in our work life. And so how is Nexus Point kind of promoting this concept? Because it, it is a pretty hot topic anymore um, where, you know, we're, we're seeing bigger companies actually focus on these topics, right, of diversity of all kinds, you know, all kinds of different diversity, not just race, but, you know, gender and, um, you know, age and all different kinds of diversity. What is it that Nexus Point is, is doing to kind of promote that concept? So I started Nexus Point uh, last year, the beginning of last year. And um, I actually, when I started it, and I, you know, it, it was from a passion of mine. And after I started the company, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted something to, I wanted a business that was able to reach out to organizations uh, to help them promote this diversity, equity, inclusion principle. I didn't know really how to do that. So I started my business with that. And then I got online and was reading more about the DAI principles. And I was learning that there is a whole, you know, slew of companies and people out there that were doing this and promoting this. And I was, and I was actually quite surprised because here, here I was just kind of like in, in this bubble thinking that, oh, there, here's something that needs to happen. But there's, there's already a whole community out there. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Now I just got to go learn from them. Mm -hmm. And so Nexus Point, because it is just brand new, it was a start, you know, it's just a startup. I'm trying to collaborate with other people in the area to see who's got these um, same principles, who are working in this um, I guess this environment already and trying to collaborate with them to see if I can get any kind of mentorship opportunities there and how I might grow my business that way because Nexus Point is still trying to grow its capabilities um, regarding that. Now I have uh, a part of this growing capability, capabilities. I've definitely teamed up with um, Dana Engineering Inc. who I used to work for and we've collaborated and we've essentially started our own company called Dana Engineering Consultants where, where I've, I'm networking with him because 
he's been in the community for a while. Right. Everybody, you know, most of the community knows about Dana Engineering Inc. And um, so I, I'm taking Nexus Point and Dana Engineering, we put this Dana Engineering Consultants so we can pursue Hanford work out there and federal work out there. And then that's how I can get, that's a part of the growing capabilities of my business. It's just right now, even though there's no diversity, equity, and inclusion in there, I'm hoping that um, as I grow my business, it will it, it will turn into that. As I staff people, those principles will, will come on board um, and it will grow. And so I've been lucky enough to where we want some contracts out there with the engineering consultants. And that will allow me to have a little bit of leverage to be able to bring Nexus Point on board because now Nexus Point can say, hey, I have some contracts out here, I have the resources, I have the financial capability, and, and, now, it's, and now it's up to me now to, to bring other people on board who have the specialty and the expertise in doing this to help me build upon my vision. And that vision is just it's just to bring equity out there in the Hanford area, to bring more women out there, to bring um, people of color to, and, and it doesn't reject um, people of, you know, white status or white male figures. It's just a principle of if you accept people as they are, then you belong here too. And, and, and it's there to promote, promote that message. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, so far, I'm, I'm in the staffing portion of it. I would like to staff people okay. and recruit people under that concept, but we're also looking at organizational change and, and issues that pertain to helping and training help people out there understand that DEI is very important. I'm, I'm still growing my capabilities. I'm, I'm still open to opportunities and what that might be. I'm not closed off to how I can be successful with this. Um, I've already am in the works of connecting with other folks and see how how we can bring this, you know, message to to the different businesses in our area. Right. So Hamford is um, yeah for people who are from here, it, it's somewhat familiar. But I've tried to explain Hamford <laughs> to people outside of the area, and even for me at times, it's kind of hard to understand the structure of everything out there. But um, in my mind, it's quite STEM related. You know, you've got uh, a lot of the science and engineering, and I would even say construction, you know, kinds of activity out there, which in a lot of ways is very male heavy in my mind. Um, and I feel like women are underrepresented in those careers in general, but I think out there in particular, you know, it's, it's just, I think even for some of the major employer, employers like PNNL, it may be what, 20 to like 25 to 35% is um, women in the workforce there right. as their employees. And so um, women in my mind are underrepresented out there in particular. So is, um, are there things that can be done like with your, from your approach, are you able to promote the, you know, in the effort or in the spirit of trying to promote more diversity, you know, different kinds of people, are the things that can be done either just on your end or even by law? I don't know if there's any kind of legal structure because we used to have some things that 
required there was more diversity, you know, smaller businesses, women-owned businesses, veteran-owned right. businesses, things like that. And I'm not sure where things are at today with all of that. Right. There is a, there is a huge push for more women in, in the STEM field. And, and, you know, you're right, we're underrepresented in those areas. And the statistics, statistics are out there. Um, Nexus Point is a disadvantaged woman-owned business. And a part of the, uh, I guess, I got certified in those areas because in our state and probably nationwide, there is a huge push and objective to hire small women-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. And even in the federal arena, uh, because they're trying to be more inclusive to, you know, an underrepresented uh, subgroup of, of people, um, right. which is women and minorities as well. So I, I saw the opportunity as I was going through school for my project management degree, I was learning a lot about this and it was all new to me. And that's kind of when the seed was planted. I saw that as an opportunity to kind of start my business and see how I might be able to get opportunities because I fit that mold. Mm -hmm. And so Nexus Point is twofold in that it, it wants to promote the diversity, equity, and inclusion principle as well as um, be able to fulfill those industry standards of hiring businesses that are minority-owned and women-owned. And so so it, it, it's, it's working to benefit, I, I feel like, affect societal change as well as help our community fulfill those objectives or help help the industry fulfill those objectives. Are you networking with other like uh, minority-owned businesses or, or not? Yeah, yeah, so I attend, um, I frequent, you know, our Procurement Technical Assistance Center mm -hmm. um, is a great way for me to network with other small businesses. PTAC, and right. we. PTAC, uh -huh. exactly, and it's a it's a great um, program out there for any small business or even any large business. But that's a way for me to connect and get to know other people in the area, mm -hmm. as well as LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm um, connecting there as well. But if I see an opportunity where, like the Office of Minority and Women's Businesses, mm -hmm. which is uh, the certification agency to certify the women-owned businesses and minority businesses in our state. I, you know, they put out events as well where I attend, and I'm able to connect with other minority-owned businesses and, and um, women-owned businesses. Who is that again? I think it's called the Office of Women and Minority Business Enterprise. Is that a, a state or federal? It's a state. State group. Yeah, it's our Washington State group. Okay, that does a certification. Okay, um, well, I, I've attended because I was just kind of curious to know more about kind of working with Hanford. So I've attended a meet the, I think it was a meet the buyers meet the buyer. event. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they had a full I've day attended. of talks and <laughs> stuff, and and I'm just kind of amazed. It was really interesting. I found first of all, I thought it was very interesting and. Um, I was amazed, though, at how complex it seemed to me, <laughs> you know? and and yet I met the gal, Jody O'Connor, I believe it is, at PTAC, yeah. and she just seems so helpful. You know, she's like, just come, come, and I'll help you, and I'll walk you through, and 
Um, right. not, not that I was looking for myself necessarily, but it's good resources because it's really important to this area, to the economy of this area. So right. um, I have other people and I had other people in mind that I was kind of thinking of as yourself, you know, going through this process, was it, was it insurmountable? Was it easy? Was it, um, did you get a lot of help? You know, how did you get through this? Cause just starting a business, first of all, is really kind of a challenge, you know, right. But getting through all these hoops is also very challenging. I think it is very challenging and um, there's a lot of information out there to learn as well. I think as long as you know, some things is important and then you, you just learn more as you are after talking to people, be open to that because there's the, the industry is always changing. Right. Still a challenge for me to, to navigate this arena is I still am out there and I'm still networking and I'm still shy and sometimes intimidated. So are you, are you, do you have any mentors any or people who are kind of on your side, you know, helping you? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say one of my biggest mentor is, is, is was my old boss, Bill Dana. And I, I came on with him as a drafter, as a designer. And mm -hmm. then when that, that work ended, I transitioned to doing proposal writing, helping him look for work. And that's when I just got immersed and thrown into this huge world of development. And I attribute a lot of um, my success to him. You know, he's got, he's got a successful business and I trust him as a partner and we, we have great communication. So I would say he's my biggest mentor here. And, um, uh, as far as other mentorship and my teacher, Aaron Grudel with the freedom riders have been instrumental in my growth, my personal life. Fantastic. What would you say is something that you're most proud of? Um, I guess just, you know, overcoming fear is something that I would, you know, starting this business is about overcoming fear. And to me, that is huge because a child of, you know, of a Cambodian genocide. And so fear is constantly instilled in me and I had to overcome all of that. And starting starting Nexus Point and developing this this business is all about overcoming fear and really not focusing on success and being success minded. So, and I I wouldn't say that starting this business is what I'm most proud of. Is I feel like I'm really truly now starting to tackle my fears. And so, what does success mean to you? What does that look like? You know, I'm success just means that I'm I'm at a place where I'm happy with myself and the accomplishments I've done and being able to give back to society in a way that's connected. To me that's success. And if I can touch, you know, a life and create changes for them and that improves their life, then I'm successful. Okay. So as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I like to ask people um, if you had some key advice, and I would say maybe you were speaking to someone who's interested in starting their own business or doing some other pretty important project that maybe they're very fearful to approach for whatever reason, what kind of advice might you give to them? 
you know, the, what I always tell everybody, even my own family, is that don't get stuck in your story. I, I always tell people, just have this hope and look for other stories that can help you to develop who you are. And you can change your mind at any time about what direction you want to take or who you want to be as a person and some ideals about you or even the ideals you once held about yourself because we're always constantly growing. And if we allow ourselves and open up to the universe can provide and we can live a richer life. Fantastic. All right. Well, that is excellent advice. I think where can people reach you if they want to connect with you? Well, they can, they can find me on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and they can just type in my name in their Silicon sec as well as through my Nexus Point website, which is www.thexocollaborative.com. And there you'll find my email as well as my contact information. Okay, fantastic. Well, Sokum, thank you so much. Um, I, you know, it's always just like you were talking about, if you can just kind of open yourself up to opportunities. And, you know, we just met a few weeks ago and, this new opportunity presented itself. I'm so grateful that you came on and would be willing to talk about your story with us today. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andy, for letting me uh, share the story. I want to thank my guests for stopping by the podcast and sharing their unique story with us today. And thank you for listening to today's episode. Feel free to visit aveafp.com where you will find show notes and links to items that were mentioned in today's podcast. I invite you to come back often, listen again and again. Feel free to leave a review at iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening in. I want to thank my guests for joining. I want to, I want to thank my guests for stopping by the booth.